The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft Tobacco. The after show, the, the after, after show. show. It's the after show, everybody, and we're still here on stage uh, with Eric Newman. He's the president of Jason Newman Cigars, America's oldest cigar factory. They're in Tampa, Florida. Go visit them. There's a tour you can go see, and it's fantastic. Today on the after show, we have two stories for you. They're brushes with greatness. Um, what are you calling the show, Ed? The Tale of two Tales of Cigar Wrappers. Cigar Wrappers. So, no, we are not talking about Connecticut, Broadleaf, or uh, Ecuadorian. No, you're talking hip-hop, right? I'm talking a little hip-hop right now. And uh, I, there's two. Eric has one. I have one. I'm going to let Eric uh, tell his first story um, because Eric is a football referee. Was or you are? Well, it was in 1972. Two things happened in my life. I became a football referee for high school, and I started. I joined with our, our company 50 years ago as well. Mm. But I, I refereed for 46 years Wow! in high school in Tampa. I used to be the youngest. Then I became the <laughs> oldest. And either those kids got faster or I got slower. Right. But it was time to, to go. And I know the story that I... Uh, I have a, a bunch of stories, but this is the one day said I should. Talk and and about. the reason why is you you are writing a book. I'm right. Yeah, my father grandfather wrote a book. I, my father wrote a book. Scar family, and I want to. My brother and I are writing a book, and we're just in the early throes. So one chapter, I just I've, I'm not even finished with it on my high school refereeing experiences, and they're really. I think they're funny anyway. And this one connects with cigars, so I think it's a... Uh, kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, the uh, Super Bowl was played in Tampa in 2008. Just give me a little adjustment. Thank here. you, Jeff. And in 2008, we have the Super Bowl. And in February is when the Super Bowl is normally played. In January of that year, I went to a sandwich shop on a Saturday to pick up sandwiches for my, for my wife, Lyris, and me. And um, placed my order and you know sat down and uh, watching a bowl game on TV and while our sandwich is being made. And there's another fellow in there, and, and we're just shooting the breeze, watching the football, and we start talking. And the guy, I told him about I was a referee, and he said, well, it's interesting because I'm looking for referees. I'm sponsoring a football game the day before the Super Bowl. There's a, uh, a fella from Los Angeles that every Super Bowl brings his youth all-star team to the host city, and the host city plays a uh, has their youth all-stars, and they play each other the Saturday before the Super Bowl. And uh, so that, that's, uh, you know, that's interesting. We're looking for, for referees. 
and uh, but he said, but we aren't going to, we don't pay for the referees, just have to go there. And I, my crew are all younger than I am, and they normally I'd get paid, but I will talk to him. And he said, yeah, there's a guy named Snipe Duck. You know, he brings his, brings his kids out there. I, I, I went sniped up. That's what I thought he heard. So I went home and got the sandwiches, talked to my wife, and said, I told him what happened at lunch. At lunch and, and this guy wants looking for referees for his all-star game for the Super Bowl. And, and uh, it says some guy named, some guy, Snipe Duck. He said, Snipe Duck. He said, you, you mean Snoop Dogg. Yeah, Snoop Dogg. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I never heard heard of Snoop Dogg. So she said, so you know who Snoop Dogg is? I don't have a clue. So she goes on the computer, pulls out his mugshot. Yeah, okay, that's Snoop Dogg. So I call that's him. I, 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 I call my other officials. And I said, we got a chance. We had a we got a request to officiate a game, referee a game, but you aren't going to get paid. But it's before the Super Bowl. I just wanted to, you know, what you all think. And all, all of them are younger than I am. And they. Snoop Dogg, they were salivating at the idea of a game with Snoop Dogg. Okay, we'll, we'll do the, the Snoop Bowl. It was called the Snoop Bowl. And we, so we, they had like 7,000 people at a local high school day before the Super Bowl. And we go out there, and every time as you know, referees, you meet with the coaches before the game. Yeah, I could ask them if everybody's properly equipped. Do you have any, who your captains are? If any questions about high school rules, we used to play high school rules, and California may be different, but we got the rules there. And I did some research on, on Snoop Dogg. I found out he was kind of a, a character. So I go, <laughs> up, go up to him and get his, get his captains, and I say, what do you call Snoop Dogg? I say, coach. And he has, you know, I said, yeah, call him coach. I say, coach, um, I'm, in, you know, I'm in the scar manufacturing business. He looks at me and says, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's blending, I guy. he was. And I said, I don't know whether you smoke cigars or not. I brought him a box of Diamond Crown Maximus. This is for you, Coach. But I don't even know if he smokes cigars. He said, I'll smoke anything. <laughs> so he took the cigars. The game started. And, and Snoop Dogg was such a cut-up. But I really was impressed with him because all the kids were saying yes, sir, and no, sir, to this big to the cut-up. The game goes on. And he's, you know, coaches are supposed to be on the sidelines. But he kept calling plays on the field. He said, Coach, get back, get back. And I wasn't going to throw a flag on him because he was his bowl game. He won the game, and he liked what we did. And next year, the, and um, you know, it, it was pretty cool. And next year, the game was played in um, in Miami. That's where the Super Bowl was played in Miami. So he invited us back to officiate his <laughs> All Star game, uh, the Youth All Stars. He lost that game. Next year, the game was played in Dallas, and we were not invited back. Maybe because he lost. And it was a good game. But the only thing I remember about that game is that the halftime went on for 35 minutes. And officials like to keep things on schedule. Kind of like you and your show, sure. more or less on your schedule. And I went back and home and told my wife, and I said, this is a good game. Soup Dogs team lost. But the only thing, the halftime went on and on. And because this group kept on singing out there. And she says, you know, well, who was it? So I don't know. I pull up the program. And it's this group called Florida. So what do you mean? It, it, it's, yeah, it says, it says Florida. Let me look at the program. It wasn't Florida. It was Florida. I had, I had never heard of Snoop Dogg. I had never heard of F -F -F Florida. But said, he's very famous. I don't know who he is. It's Florida. So anyway, um, that was, that was my, my experience now, with Snoop Dogg in Florida, Florida, whatever. Eric, I have to ask, did you smoke weed with Snoop Dogg or No. <laughs> 
I didn't get a chance to smoke Maximus. That's what I really wanted to to uh, to do. And then he's he was a kind of a cut up guy, and then he kind of like disappeared, and I. He's kind of like made a comeback. I saw him on the Super Bowl, the halftime show. Yeah. He's buddies with Martha Stewart now. That's the, uh, he got his act to, together. <laughs> or it may be an act. He's probably dumb like No, if Tom Jones was doing the halftime show, would it have been okay if it was? Absolutely. Wasn't? He could go on for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know who Florida is. No? Apple bottom jeans? Yeah. Boots with the fur? Nothing. Yeah, hmm. you, you make me feel good, Dave, yeah. because there's, I'm not the only idiot here that doesn't know who well, Florida is. Well, I'll get, I'll get to my story, which is going to be very, very similar to that. Uh, but first, it's the strength and character segment. It's time for Incredible Feats of Strength, brought to you by Camacho Cigars. For six decades, Camacho have been working hard to build the best damn cigar around, and they have gotten through it all by sticking to their vision the strength to do anything they set their hand to. Camacho Cigars. Jonathan, there's a movement underway in MeWe to get rid of you from this segment because they think you're too weak. That's my people. I have uh, the top ten <laughs> strongest women of all time. Number nine this week is Aneta Florzik. She began her career as a weightlifter at the age of 16. She won the Polish championships numerous times and was crowned the European champion in 2000. Anita is the first Polish woman ever to lift 500 kilograms in a squat, which is an impressive 1,100 pounds. It's even more impressive that she only weighs 165 pounds. Wow. Wow. Any chance any of these people had surgery or anything? <laughs> Enhancements. Enhancements. Well, as, as I was going through. Are they all women? Doing the research. They, they're, she's hot. Yeah, they're all women. And she's Some of them look like they're a little suspect. Yeah. I mean, what, are you saying they had to remove a dictomy? I yeah. think maybe some of them might be shaving before they go out in public. But Dr. Barry, thank you. No problem. It's a technical term, but some people will get it. Eric's finding this very, very, very entertaining. Thank you. This beats last week. Yeah. All right. So uh, the question is, who who is the stupider person, Eric or myself, of understanding uh, who you're dealing with at, the, at, at this time? So I'm going back. This has got to be, somebody can figure it out, but it's got to be at least 15 years ago, I would say. And I get a call from someone that wants to make a private label cigar. And I'm talking to him. This was, it had to be after 2000, whatever it is. You can figure out the math. Um, 2004. 2004. Okay. So they said, um, we want to make these cigars and blah, blah, blah. So I send them some cigars to see if this is what they want. No, no, we want them um, like this or whatever. And after this long process of going, it looks like they want domestic cigars, meaning machine-made cigars. And I said, okay, let me get to work on that. And um, I deal with Swisher International at the time. And I said, I, ha I have this client. They want to buy lots and lots of cigars, and, um, but they want them uh, machine-made, and they want a brand. And I said, well, you know, for us to make a change on the machine, um, it's got to be this amount, which was a large, large amount of cigars. To end up doing it, they have to be box 50, this, this, this. Send me a blank box. 
um, let me go to work on it because it looks like these guys are for real, whoever they are. And this is all verbal. There's no, um, at that time, there's no video conference or anything like that. I'm talking to them on the phone. You barely have internet. So they explain that they do, um, they're producers of rap music. And um, they're into the, these type of cigars. They're into these type of cigars because they empty them out and they put marijuana in and blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay, I understand. It's good that you said that, so I'll go in the right direction of it. And I get creative, and I come up with this packaging of camouflage on the outside of the box, and here's the name of the brand that's inside of it. And then because they go through these different artists all the time, as you open the box up, was going to be a different artist. Every run that we would do, the artist would change of this next group that they're producing. So some of the fans would actually buy the boxes of cigars, maybe save them, maybe not even smoke them, because now they're collector's item of which which uh, artists that they have in the inside. So I'm explaining that to them, and they say, wow, we love this. I send them a, a prototype of it, and they said, this is fantastic. Um, you know, and I said, here's the problem is this is the run of the cigars, and um, it's, a, it's a large amount, and they, you know, how are you going to sell these things? And they go, I have no idea. You know, <laughs> we, we produce records. Don't you just send these off to um, wholesale companies, and they send them to convenience stores or whatever they do? And I go, well, I don't know, you know, if, if, if anybody's interested. He says, believe me, they're interested. This, is, this will be a big deal as it ends up happening. So uh, I said, all right. And then I contacted some distributors to see, you know, would you do this? Well, we'll do it, but here's the deal. If, if it doesn't sell, you know, we want it back and whatever. So I tell them, and they said, they're going to fund this thing, but they're not going to sell it. It'll go through there. If it doesn't sell, they said, it's not going to be a problem. It's going to sell, and they'll get top dollar for it. And I said, okay, and I'm going back and forth. And... Uh, this went on probably almost a year back and forth, and um, one day uh, they say, okay, we want to schedule, we ha this is happening now at this point, and I have all these prototypes all set up, and um, they said, we're going to fly in. Where's the local airport? And I said, Logan Airport. And they said, you got a little airport that's by you, we're flying their own jet coming here. So I'm like, wow, these guys are... Real serious. There's big money here. So uh, they, I said, yeah, there's a local airport over here. And they look into it. And they said, yeah, that's, that's where it be. Can we meet on Monday, uh, Monday morning, and we'll fly in. And, you know, I'm bringing these guys with me. The guy I've been talking to is bringing the, um, rap, the rap guys coming. And I'm like, yeah, you know. It's a cigar shop, and, you know, this is New Hampshire and whatever. And he goes, you know, it's not going to be what you think. He says, these are guys coming in with suits and briefcases. They're real businessmen. It's not, you know, don't worry about how it's going to be. And I said, okay. I said, you know, I need the money up front um, on the first run and blah, 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 because I'm saying, how bad am I going to end up losing on this thing if, if it fails completely? And they said, nope, money isn't an object. It's not, not a problem. You want it up front, we'll give you the money up front. Let's meet Monday. I said, okay. So this is the middle of the week. And um, I get a call, I believe, on the Friday. Uh, and they're going to meet me on Monday. Well, it would have been the Saturday. Saturday. And uh, they, 
they call and they need to talk to me right away. And I said, hey, what happened? And they said, uh, old, bird, old Dirty Bastard died. And I'm like, what? And they said, Old Dirty Bastard died. <laughs> I'm like, what are you saying? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? And they go, Old Dirty Bastard died. And I go, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> what does that have to do with we're making the cigar brand? And they said, well, he died, and we're going to have to postpone this. I don't know what we're going to do with it. And I'm like, I'm completely lost of what this, of what you, the hell you're talking about. What dirty bastard? <laughs> what are you talking about? And they go, well, that's his name, old dirty bastard. And I said, so what does that have to do with the cigar brand? And they go, we'll we'll call you back. You know, this is postponed right now, and this is this big sale, like the biggest sale I was ever going to make in my life was happening. And I, I go home and I go. Old Dirty Bastard died, I said to my wife. And she said, I heard. And my daughter says, yeah, what the hell ended up happening? And, I, and I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? What are you talking, what, what is going on? And then they explained to me that this is a person, and this was one of the Wu-Tang Clan guys. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I said, I'm dealing with whatever the corporation was of what this is. And they said, Wu-Tang Clan, it's the biggest thing. And what's going on? And I explained at that point, I've been working for a year on this, <laughs> unbeknownst to them that I'm doing this. And they go, oh, my God, this could be huge or whatever it is. And I go, well, it's off or it's postponed <laughs> because old dirty bastard died, whatever that is. And you, know what, you know what Wu-Tang is? It's nothing, it's nothing to fuck with. Really? Whatever that means. <laughs> Skip's laughing his ass off right now. <laughs> so uh, that was it was much like Snoop Dogg of here's this guy, I have no idea who it is, and I'm dealing maybe that's why they were dealing with it, because mm -hmm. it wasn't starstruck or anything. I have no idea who these guys are, and it was just all business. But this guy mm -hmm. ends up dying, the deal goes away because he was a a big part of this mm -hmm. thing. And uh they said, yeah, you know, I'm waiting to hear back of what happened, and I'm still waiting for the phone call. Well, the <laughs> other thing that happened is RZA, the guy that put the group together, that's his rap name, by the way, um, he decided to go sober. So he stopped smoking weed. Therefore, there'd be no need for a cigar hmm. brand that you could hollow out to put weed in. Yeah, and then I'd hear back from Swisher, whatever happened, because they... You know, <laughs> sent me all stuff, and they're waiting to end up hearing Har Harry Olinson, remember mm, yeah. Harry? So I was dealing with him over Did there. Did you tell him that old dirty bastard? Well, died? at <laughs> the end of this thing, I go, all right, now I'm going to tell you the story of who these people are, because I wasn't going to give it up to them, because they'd squeeze me right out of this thing. Why, why deal with me? And then I explained to them, you know, this was the thing, and they go, oh, my God, that would have been big or whatever. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> did, Super. did Harry know who old dirty bastard was? I don't know. Highly <laughs> unlikely. Yeah, probably not. But at that point, they understood what the hell was going on. You know, I gave it up at that point because it was over. So the two of you each have a story about the two most influential hip-hop stars the world has ever seen, and neither one of you knew who the hell you were dealing with at the Correct. time. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Have, have, have either, and this is a question for both of you, have you thought about 
getting out more. Uh, I know who Snoop Dogg was. But I don't know who the old dirty bastard I still don't know who the old dirty bastard is. I'll, I'll, send, you, I'll send you some links to Spotify if, <laughs> if you want to be yeah, horrified. Not, not my thing at all, it, nor is Wu-Tang Clan anything, and, and I didn't go any further with it, and still, you know, I hear that stuff to me. I, I was in the, in the music business for years and years. I got out of it because of them, because of that music. It was like, it's not music anymore. Well, I think it more aggravated you that they were ripping off the old funk, and that yeah. was your jam, yeah. and then they're, they're putting rap lyrics over it. Yeah. So, which, it, which is good for me, because it got me into old funk, because I had not heard the funk. That was before my time. That's why you thought the music was so good. I thought it was because, great. And yeah, because it was somebody else's music. But it got me into the older music. It was a good gateway for me. Yeah. yeah. Right. If, if you talk to some of the kids nowadays, they just know the old songs from being sampled in hip hop, correct. Now, if Tony Orlando and Don decided, yeah, to come up with a, yeah, then we're then we're in, right? So, in all your years, Eric, did did you have celebrities come to you to make a brand for you and things like that? Anybody ever come to you and knock on the door? Um, Cam Cam Newton came by once. Ah, and uh, then he became out of favor and. Because you went with New England Patriots? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a name anymore. <laughs> we, we, we actually made a cigar for Mike Ditka. Oh, okay. Yeah. And nobody remembers who Mike Ditka is. Is that right? You no, remember? there was... Oh. I, I, I know. <laughs> there was a few yeah. versions of that. Yeah, he, yeah he, had, he ditched us and got somebody else. Right. And you met Cam Newton and yes. told him you were a big fan of their cookies. Right. right. <laughs> Fake Newtons. <laughs> <laughs> True story. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big fan. Yeah. It's but, generational, Mr. Jonathan. Yes. I guess. You'll be, you'll be there. But I, like, I know about Frank Sinatra. I'm a big fan. I know the Dean Martin stuff, the whole rap pack. Like, you, my, know, you know old, but when you get older, you won't know new. That's what's going to happen. But I still pay attention to what's going yeah. on around me. I do get out, which is why I'm recommending the two of you just consider it. <laughs> get rid of the eight-track player. <laughs> like, if you just had an inkling of who the Wu-Tang Clan was and that that's who you were working with, you might have been able to get that off and running. I'm, it, no, it was off and running. They loved it. They loved the whole idea of it. And maybe that was the magic of what it was. If, if I was a, it, it a fan of it, they would have... It would have happened faster is my point. You could have possibly had yeah. it on the market. They never said Wu-Tang Clan at the beginning. It was whatever was the corporation of whatever it was. And it was... A, it was Wu-Tang Forever Unlimited? <laughs> because... You know, somebody like Dwayne was here while this was going on and working with him and had no idea what was going on either. No, if it was Twisted Sister, he would have known. Yeah. <laughs> so on November 13th, 2004, your dream died. That's when he died, right? Yeah. So that was the day. And you said that was a Saturday? That was a Saturday. Was he shot outside a housing project in Staten Island? Uh, he was coming to see drug me on overdose. Monday. Okay. Because they were from Staten Island. Yeah. They were coming to see me Monday, and that was it. My dreams went up, and who knows what would have happened. I would have been a rap star or something. I, who knows? <laughs> You'd be wearing a fur coat or something. Something would have happened. And anyway, slippers. <laughs> anyway, bring it on. Bring on the next thing. Next week on the Cigar Authority, it is the Cigar Industry Graveyard, where cigars go to die. 
what happened to the brands. We're going to talk about them, name and names, and see uh, what happened. Maybe people know these cigars that are coming out, that are gone. Gone. So that's it. Thanks, Eric. Pleasure to be here, Dave. Can't, right. can't wait to come back next year. Beautiful. All right, kids. Uh, get out more, I guess, and yeah. <laughs> uh, stick the lid end in your mouth. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.